Well, all right. Hello, hello, Project Church. How y'all doing? All right. I like it. Uh, excited to be here today. If I have not had the opportunity to meet you, my name is John. <clears throat> I am one of the pastors here. Um, we're excited that you're with us today. It's a great day to be here as we kick off a brand new series. I'm always excited when a new series starts, but I'm especially excited about this one because it's a Christmas series. How many like Buddy the Elves do we have in the house? How many Christmas lovers do we have? Like I'm all, there should have been all hands up. It's okay. I'll give you an opportunity to get saved at the end of service. Like I love Christmas. Um, I get super excited about Christmas. I love everything about it. Um, putting up lights, putting up the tree. Uh, it's an amazing opportunity. So before we jump right into where we're going to be today, uh, if you have a Bible or you scroll to your Bible, your Bible glows, we're going to be in Luke chapter uh, 2 today. So, but before we go there, I just want to highlight and kind of reiterate what we talked about there with our Seeing Jesus Christmas offering. Um, I just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit and let you know if you're like a guest with Project Church or you're kind of still checking out this church thing, that offering is not something we're asking of you. That seeing Jesus offering is all for those that call Project Church their home. That this is the place where you serve. This is where you plugged in. This is where you say, I want to get fed. This is my church home. That's seeing Jesus offering that we're taking on December 10th is for you. And this is above and beyond your regular giving. This is an opportunity for us as followers of Christ to step out in faith, which I'm actually going to talk a little bit about today in my message, but to step out and go above and beyond and say, God, we want to uh, finish the year strong and we want to push forward in the vision you've given Project Church uh, to reach this city, to, to uh, be able to have a place that's welcoming for those that come in here. All the things we want to do that we feel God has called us to do, um, we want to be able to fulfill that. And when God says, hey, I need you to do this or go here, we want to be able to do that. And so that's what those funds are for, to be able to do some big things, amazing things that are going to reach people with the love of Christ. So that's what that offering is, just to propel the vision forward. And so and I want to be a part of that. I want to step out in faith, and I want to believe that God can do amazing things with our sacrifice. So that's what we get to play a part in that. So one thing I ask you as we lead up to that on December 10th is simply pray from now until then, just pray and say, God, what would you have me do? What would you have me do, God? God, how can I play a part? That's all we're asking is pray about that. And whatever he lays on your heart, we encourage you to be blessed by being a part of that. Today we're jumping into a series called Seeing Jesus, the Wonder in Worship. And, um, and, and can we give it up for our band? How awesome were they today, huh? Like, oh, come on, you could do better than that. Like, they were amazing as they lead us in all the time. I'm super just pumped about what they did. But I love this series we're going into because we're talking about this idea that worship goes beyond the singing. Worship goes beyond the songs. I don't know if any of you are like me. I grew up in church, and worship to me was the music portion of the church service. And so we're going to talk a little bit about this idea that when we see Jesus, our natural response is worship. Because a lot of times when you see something live, when you see something like physically in the present, like live in front of you, it changes everything. Um, thinking back when I was a kid, um, I, I remember going to Disneyland early on when I was a young kid and like seeing that for the first time when everything just comes to life was like mind-blowing, right? 
Um, uh, maybe for you it was when you went to a beach or something the first time and you saw the sand and the oceans and it was just like the ocean just kept going and going. It was like amazing to you. Maybe it was going up to the mountains and seeing the snow and the mountain, all that just like the first time seeing it live was like crazy. Uh, maybe I remember when I went to my first NFL game and like you watch it on TV and stuff, but then you go and you see these like mammoth men running and blocking, doing all these moves that men that are 300 pounds and that large should not be able to do. Um, and you're just like blown away at these athletes. You're like, man, how do you move like that? When you see it live, it really changes your perspective. You know, there's things that happen in life that in an instant can change everything. I don't know about if any uh, married men in here, if you can remember back to your single days. I know for me, when I was single, especially thinking like college, um, I had a pair of sheets, like for my bed, my college bed, you know, and I would um, change them out, but that was only to get new ones in the second semester because the first semester they got real dirty, so I had to go to Walmart and get me whatever cheapest white pair of sheets they were, and I could put them on my bed that last me till. don't judge me, I took showers every now and then, but I remember like, speaking of showers, like in my shower, there was a bar of soap, a bar of soap, one, and when that one got ran out, I put a new bar of soap in there, and like when you're in college, like if you're a dude, and some of you are going to act like you're all clean and smooth now because you got a lady friend next to you, you're like, don't act like it, you were dirty too, come on, man, men are just stinky, weird dudes, so it's okay, like I had a bar of soap, and that was good for shampoo, cleaning, everything, right, I didn't need extra stuff, like that was what you did as a single dude, I remember I had a pillow on my bed, a and by like, as time went on, that pillow got really small. It wasn't even really a pillow. It just kind of blended in with my mattress. But like, that was kind of like single dude life, right? I remember when I got married and like, we got our home all fixed up and I came into our bedroom and I was like, what the, what is going on? Like the bed like grew and like added pillows. I'm like, where did these things come from? Like the bed, like halfway down the bed is pillows, I'm like, it takes like 30 minutes just to get ready to get in bed. And I was like newly married. I had like plans. I had some things I wanted to get to. Um, some of you are single, like, what's he talking about? You'll figure it out later, I promise. Um, but like, like, I'm like, all these pillows, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, where did these pillows come from? And like, I get in the shower, and there's like multiple, many bottles of shampoo. I was like, why do you need so many bottles of shampoo? And like loofahs and face lotion. I'm like, why is all this in the shower? Where did this, like in an instant, I got married and everything changed. I don't know if any dudes got married and can relate with me, but there's moments in time where in an instant, everything changes. Everything changes, and we believe that when you truly see Jesus, everything changes. Like, I know the heart of Project Church is not that you would come in here and think Project Church is so cool. Oh, they meet in that theater. They're so cool. Um, like, like Pastor Caleb wears like man dresses. They're so cool. Like, like I know, I know he's not here, so I can make fun of him. But, um, like, like that's not our goal. I mean, our worship team is like amazing. But like, our heart is not that you would come in and be like, man, they are such a cool band. Like, that's not our heart. Our heart is that you would come into Project Church and you would see Jesus. That when someone says hi to you out in the front, you're walking in, they'd greet you and you'd feel the love of Jesus. That we provide coffee in an environment that makes you feel welcomed and comfortable because you want, we want you to feel the love of Jesus. 
so that when you come in here and we open up the God's word and we begin to hear what he says, that you will have a moment where you'll see Jesus. Because we believe with everything in us that when you see Jesus, everything changes. Everything changes when you see Jesus. And our natural response when we see Jesus is to worship. Is to worship. Because here's the reality. You will worship something or someone. Like we will worship. Some of you are like, I ain't really into that, that, that music part. Like that's cool, but I just, I'm not real emotional. But then like you get out like in a sporting event and you got like your body painted and you're like screaming and going crazy. I'm, not if you're a Niner fan because there ain't nothing to scream for. But like maybe next year, um, hey, I'm a Kings fan. I ain't had a lot to cheer for in a while. So like when you're cheering for draft picks, you know it's a rough year. So, um, but like, like we will worship something. And this is kind of a side note, but you can tell what you worship. A lot of times you can tell by your worship by your calendar and your bank account. A lot of times that will tell you where your worship is going. Like, like that one may hurt, so I'm going to move on quickly from that because I don't want to step on no toes. But, but that's the reality is we will worship something. And when we see Jesus, our natural response is worship. But, but here's the question is what is worship? Because like I said, growing up as a kid, I, I thought worship was that music portion uh, of church. Uh, I don't know if anybody's like me and like you were, I had a drug problem growing up. My mom drugged me to church every time the doors were open. Like I was always at church. And it's like multiple, like I grew up in the era of like multiple services and then that wasn't enough. So we had to come back Sunday night. And just in case like you like really messed up during the week, we had to come back for some extra Jesus juice on Wednesday. Like we had church all the time. Like I used to tell people like you'd come and sit in the pews and some of you are like, what is a pew? Like if you, you are your old school church, anybody know what a pew is? There you go. Like I used to call it, like say a pew is when you sit down, you go pew because you just fall asleep because you were going to be at church so long. Like pastor jokes are so funny. But um, so anyways, like, like what is worship though? Well, like kind of a biblical definition of worship is to ascribe worth to or, or to give value or worth to something. I actually love what the Webster's definition says is to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. See, the reality is worship is more than just a song. Worship is more than just a song. And what we're doing in this series is we're talking about worship kind of beyond the song, that our life is worship. And when we see Jesus, our natural response is worship, and we worship God not because of what he can give us, but simply because of who he is. We worship God simply because of who he is. I love how we ended that song, that, oh, come let us adore him. It's just talking about adoring God, honoring God, worshiping God simply because of who he is, simply because he's Savior, simply because he's God. And that's what we're talking about in this series. And, and honestly, every decision is an act of worship. Every decision you make is an act of worship. Through this series, we're going to kind of look at the classic Christmas story, and there's some characters in that that we're going to look at their response to seeing Jesus and how it, what it teaches us on how we should respond and how we should worship Jesus. We're going to look at the wise men, Mary and Joseph, the angels, and today I'm excited to look at the shepherds and see how when they saw Jesus, what their response teaches us about worshiping Jesus. And so 
kind of obviously most of us, I would assume, know the Christmas story. But recap here, you got kind of main characters, Mary and Joseph. Um, They're engaged to be married. And um, Mary comes to Joseph, says, hey, I'm super excited. This is like John Buckner translation. But like I'm super pumped about getting married. This is going to be awesome. Um, and, and anybody who's gotten married, you know there's some things like you got to kind of figure, there's some like maybe family history, like, hey, how did your parents raise, like, how do you do Christmas? This is how our family does Christmas. You know, you kind of get the family traditions in line. So Mary's about to have that conversation with Joseph. She's like, this is kind of my, my family opens gifts on Christmas Eve. What does your family do? Like, like kind of that thing. And then she goes, oh, and by the way, Holy Spirit came, I'm pregnant. No big deal. We'll kind of like, I don't know if you're Joseph, but like that's kind of a bomb you might want to know. Like, like, wait, 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 hold up. Like, Holy Spirit, like, I'm like, I'm not buying that one. Mary's like, what had happened was, like, the angel came, and like, like this kind of scenario, well, angels come and visit both Mary and Joseph, kind of confirm the story that Mary is going to carry the Son of God, right? Like, if you've seen uh, any movies that talk about this, you kind of know the story. There's a census, which means Mary and Joseph kind of have to go back to their hometown to register, um, and, and all this stuff's going on, and, and these angels come and begin to declare what's happening. And, and we pick up in Luke where the angels come to the shepherds and announce the birth of Christ, the birth of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus. And it's interesting, I mean, sometimes we read the Bible and we kind of just skim through it, and it's kind of hard to really grasp all that's going on because we know the end of the story, right? Like, we can flip ahead to Revelations, and, like, it seems kind of scary, but God wins, so I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like, it's, it, you know, we don't even understand it all, but Jesus wins. I'm going with that. Um, like, can you picture being Mary and Joseph during this time? Like, they didn't know how this was going to end up. Like, they don't know what's coming later. They're just kind of trusting Walking by faith, like, and it comes to the shepherds. Now, you have to understand, in this culture, shepherds were the lowest of low. Like, like shepherds were basically nothing. They had no voice. In fact, so much so that they weren't even allowed to hold any kind of public office. Like, they, they, they were, like, no use to society. They, they, their voice, their testimony was not even allowed in court as evidence. They, like, people didn't even want to hear them. I mean, they had conversations with sheep all day long. Like, like, some of you guys talk to your pets, maybe talk to your dog. You probably get more interaction than these guys got from the sheep. Like, this was a rough life. I mean, this was lonely. And they're out there. In fact, a philosopher uh, in Alexandria in the ancient times said, there is no more disreputable an occupation than that of a shepherd. Like, nobody cared about the shepherds, which, side note, kind of gives me hope. Because I love the fact that God chooses to speak to nobodies. Like there's times in my life where I'm like, I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified enough. I, I don't even know what to say. And God says, great, you're just who I'm looking for. Like you look at throughout the Bible, like if you think you're kind of a big deal and you're like, man, I'm pretty qualified. I mean, look at my degrees. I got some pretty good resume, God. I think you could do a lot with me. He's probably going, move on over. Like, God is looking for people that feel inadequate, feel like they don't measure up, feel like they're not qualified. He says, you're exactly who I'm looking for. Because God uses nobodies so that he's the only one who gets the glory. So that when, when God begins to work in our lives, we have no choice but to point him and say, God, it's all because of you. This ain't because of me, because it has to be because of God. And again, our natural response is to worship God. 
And he uses these, he speaks to these shepherds, and naturally, they're afraid. Again, put yourself in this situation. I mean, like 99.9% of the time, it's a dead, silent, quiet, starry night. Nothing going on. And all of a sudden, the sky breaks open, and in Luke chapter 2, we see that it says, the glory of the Lord shone down. Now, we read that, and we think, like, when they're singing, oh, come. Now, you're like, why isn't he on the worship team? Now you know. And so, but, like, we think it's like the light that kind of is shining from these lights. Like, that's glory. Like, oh, like, it's so pretty. Like, the Bible actually describes the glory of the God. It describes it like the weight of the Lord. It's literally like a physical presence that says, shone down. I mean, can you imagine the disciples this night? As the sky bursts open and an angelic being begins to speak to them. Like, they probably had to change their dress show. I don't know what they were wearing, but they probably made a mess. Like, it probably was a bit scary. And so we see the very first response from the shepherds was that fear ceased. Fear ceased. Let's, let's look here in Luke chapter 2. Starting in verse 8, it says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. Verse 10, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he has pleased. Like you can imagine when they read this where fear would have come from. Like that would be kind of a scary moment, right? And I've discovered in my life wherever it comes from, fear can be paralyzing. I don't know about you if you struggle with anxiety or fear, but fear can paralyze us. But the reality is fear is false. Fear is false. I love the acronym of her. It's like false evidence appearing real. Like the feelings are real, but the concept of what we actually fear is all in our head. I love there was a story um, I saw Will Smith was doing an interview, and he had a quote in the interview that I loved that he said, everything you've ever dreamed of is on the other side of fear. And I love it because fear so often will keep us captive or hold us back from that which God has planned for us. Everything God has destined for you, the dreams that you have in your heart, they're on the other side of fear. But fear can paralyze us. So how do we overcome fear? Through worship. Through worship. I love my sister, uh, her example my oldest sister, um, when she graduated high school, went away to Seattle Pacific University, and she lived up there for about 15 years. She met her husband there. She got married, had kids. I thought everything was great. I lived here. I had no idea that they had kind of gone through some marriage struggles. Um, to make a long story short, it was kind of it was an alcoholic, um, not physically but emotionally abusive relationship, one that needed to be uh, removed. She needed to get out of it. But fear held her captive. 
fear held her captive. Certain circumstances, things took place where we finally were able to go. I mean, I'm telling you, like, I'm shortening it, but it was like a lifetime movie. I was, like, on the phone here in Sacramento. I was like, you need me to come? You need me to come? And, she, and like, waiting for the call. And she goes, hey, I, I did it. I'm going. I flew up to Portland. She drove down from Seattle. I, she picked me up at the airport, and we drove down to Sacramento, and she's lived here ever since. Like, it was crazy. And I don't have time to explain it all, but it was a situation. But fear kept her captive. Well, she finally comes home. She begins this life as a single mom of four kids with the youngest being two months old. Any single parents would understand the fear that can come with that. Fear of, man, would my kids turn out right growing up in a broken home? Will, 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 everything, will I be able to afford to take care of them? All the fear that can come with that. Life kind of continues to go on. Things seem to be okay. And a few years back, she kind of feels something weird and is like, I need to go to the doctor. Come to find out she has breast cancer. Fear comes back in. Fear of, will I not be around for my kids to graduate? Fear of what's going to happen if I, I physically can't be there for them as a mom. Fear begins to take over. And I love the phrase that she came up with. And she said, when, when your circumstances don't make you feel like you're going to worship or you're going to praise, when your surroundings don't seem positive, she calls it crazy praise. She says, in the midst of whatever's going on, I'm going to give God crazy praise. It's crazy because it doesn't seem like you should be celebrating or worshiping anything in that moment. You may be in a situation right now where you come in here and we talk about uh, a seeing Jesus Christmas offering above and beyond, and you're like, I can't even pay my bills. That sounds nuts. I don't have money to give you, but there's something stirring in you that says, God's asking me to do that. It's crazy praise. It doesn't make sense. But you realize your trust and faith is God is bigger than your fear of your circumstances. And so you say, I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to trust God and I'm going to offer crazy praise. Some of you are in a relationship and you're like, this thing feels like it's going towards a dead end. I don't see how it's going to be restored. He doesn't want to listen to her. She doesn't want to listen to him. It's always his fault. It's always her fault. But there's something in you that says, I need to stick this out. I need to remain faithful. I got to stay close to God because I believe with everything in me that there's going to be restoration. It's crazy praise. Some of you are like, I, I, I don't have a job. My, my bills can't be paid. Just situations that can swirl around us. We need to take our eyes off our circumstances and begin to see Jesus. When we look at Jesus and when we see Jesus, our natural response is worship. And sometimes that could seem crazy. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. But when we begin to see him, fear has to run. Fear has to go away. Fear ceases when we see Jesus. But what do we do? Right? Like, like, and maybe not we, maybe it's just me. I'm like, God, I'll trust you, but I need you to show me how this is going to work out. Like, like some of you here, the, the, the Christmas offering we're talking about, and you're like, oh, that's awesome. I'm going to so give to that. God, I need you to give me a promotion and a bonus on Tuesday because I'm going to give money next Sunday. And God goes, that's not always how it works out. Like, that's not always like, like we want to see every single step, so then we'll trust God, right? Like, God, show me point A, B, C, and D, and then I'm going to trust you. And God says, I need you to step out even when you don't know where your foot's going to land. God says, I'll give you the foundation. I just need you to step. I need you to go. I need you to take a step 
of faith. And when we begin to see Jesus, when we truly see Jesus, fear runs away and our faith begins to rise. And so we see in the shepherds, fear leaves them. They trust Jesus and the natural response is number two, they begin to search for the Savior. The searching begins. Natural response is we worship God, fear runs away, and we begin to search for this Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 15 says, When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. I love what it says here because as soon as the angels leave, like they didn't talk about it. They didn't say, like, hey, man, what do you got? You got anything going on, like, next Thursday? Well, I'm watching sheep. Like, like, like they're, like, checking their calendar. No, it says they immediately, with haste, they said, let's go. Let's find this Jesus. Like, I don't know about you. Again, this might be just men. But, like, we have a tendency is, like, we can fix everything right. Like, maybe you've had similar situations like I've had with my wife. She'll begin to kind of tell me about a situation. And before she's finished telling me, in my mind, I got everything worked out. I'm like, woman, if you just shut up, I can tell you exactly how you're going. I can just say that because she ain't here right now, but um, don't record that and tell her. But, um, like, like we, can, we fix it, right? We know which relationship they need to stop, which deal they need to make, which direction they need to go. Like, we got it done. That's like guys, right? Like, like we got it figured out. Just give me some duct tape and a hammer and I can fix it. Like, I got this. And there's times in life where God's saying, hey, like, uh, you don't got it and I need you to seek me first because you don't have the answer. I love that the shepherds immediately, they said, let's go find this Jesus. It's a natural progression we see is that when we see Jesus, we naturally worship and we want to begin to seek Jesus more. Put it in terms of like our context today. Our Sunday experience is designed to give you an opportunity to experience and see Jesus And then when you see Jesus, the natural response is, I want to grow closer to this Jesus. It's personal discipleship. I want to join that next step because I want to get to know this Jesus more. I want to begin to study. What are they talking about? Maybe get in a community group because I want to grow. I want to seek this Jesus more. I see Jesus. I want to experience. I want to get to know him more. And so what they do is they begin to seek after him. That's why I love the verse says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first, not as like seconds or an afterthought, but seek first. And then lastly, we see in that progression, that natural response is we begin to share about Jesus. So so we see him and our fear begins to cease. Our fear runs away. We're not afraid anymore. And because of that, our faith has risen up and we begin to run after this Jesus. We want to seek Jesus. We want to find Jesus. And naturally, when we've seen Jesus, when we've experienced Jesus, we want to share about him. Look look what the shepherds did here in Luke chapter 2, verse 17. It says, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things pondered them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. I mean, this is like amazing. I actually, before reading this and preparing this, I never really thought about this, but those words where it says, it says, they made known the same. That means they went and told people. They made it known. They let it be known what they had seen, what they had experienced. 
It says they let him know, told him concerning his child. It says all who heard wondered at what the shepherd said. Do you remember back I told you about the shepherds? They didn't have a voice. Nobody cared what a shepherd said. All of a the sudden, these nobodies, these outcasts, have an experience with Jesus, and people are going, what are they talking about? They start to listen to the shepherds because the shepherds couldn't keep it inside. Once you see Jesus, you have to let people know. you got to let it out. Here's the reality. We have no fear about sharing some things in our life. Like there's some things in our life we don't get afraid to share. Like I don't know if you have a favorite restaurant, but like that doesn't like wig you out to be like, hey, man, like don't, don't, don't get offended. Like I had this like meal. Oh, my gosh, it was so good. Like don't, don't be offended. Like I hope I don't offend you. Like you're not worried to do that. Like me, like, like I've only been a couple times, but Ruth's Chris, like, is amazing. Now, some of you, like, I get we're downtown, it's urban, you're like, I'm vegan, like, whatever. Like, that's fine. I love vegetarian stuff like that because it's more steak for me, so, like, go on with your vegetarian self. But, like, like for me, like, Ruth's Chris, they bring it to you on this, like, hot plate. Like, it's amazing The like, servers make you feel like you're awesome. Um, like, like at home, it's like, here, eat your food. But like, you go there, it's like, wow, no, that doesn't happen at home. But like, like, it's amazing, right? Like, I don't have a problem. I'm not worried to tell you about that. Like, I don't care if you don't like it or not. I think it's amazing. Like, if you saw a great movie, like, you're not embarrassed to tell somebody about that. Like, I have no problem being a nerd and telling you I love Star Wars. Like, can't wait for the new one to come out. Star Wars is amazing. Like, I love it. Like, I'm, I wasn't nervous coming up here saying, I'm going to talk about Star Wars. Oh, my gosh. Like, that didn't freak me out. Talking about your favorite team, whoever they are, like, like that doesn't bother you, right? Why is it when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, we start to get all nervous and worry about what someone's going to think? Right? Like, like, we get worried, like, oh, are they going to be offended? Oh, I don't know. Like, like, what if you had the answer to anybody's financial problems, like you knew, shadow of a doubt, this is going to change your financial world. What if, like, you had the remedies for any physical ailment? You, you knew, no matter what, you take this, you're going to be healed. You would never hold on to that. We have the hope of the world. God gave us the gift that will transform your life, not just here on earth, but for all eternity. Why would we keep that to ourselves? And here's the reality. When you see Jesus... You can't. You have to share it. So, so when we truly see him, we can't help but worship him. And part of that is an outflow of sharing about what God has done in our life, what Jesus has done. And so here's my, my, just my thought is you cannot share what you haven't seen. So some people maybe were kind of bent up on sharing about Jesus because we haven't truly seen him. We haven't truly seen him. So, because the reality is if you're following Jesus, your life will change. Like, like it's a, a prerequisite to following Christ. You cannot stay, I don't care how good you are, like how many brownie scouts you were in or whatever you did growing up, like, like you cannot stay the same. Following Jesus means we will change. So if we're not changing, maybe we're not following. And it's hard to share about something we've never seen. And so that's what we want to do is see Jesus because our natural response when we see Jesus is to worship. I love the story in John about a blind guy. 
And back in the scriptures, whenever somebody had kind of a handicap like that or anything, they would prop them up by a city gate so that those coming by would be able to give money or they'd be able to beg for food or whatever it was. And so everybody in town knew who this blind guy was. And they're coming through and Jesus sees him and like happened often with Jesus, they'd cry out because they thought maybe he could heal him or something. You know, when you're blind or when you're struggling with something like that, you have no other hope. So you're like, I might as well. So Jesus bends down, and you guys got to, if you don't read the Bible, you got to read the Bible. There's some hilarious stuff in there. Like, it's very spiritual and very life-changing, but it's funny, too. So Jesus leans down and says he spits in the mud, kind of forms a dirt clod, and puts it on the dude's eyes. I'm like, yo, Jesus, the dude's already blind. Now you got to throw a spit of dirt on him? Like, that's kind of messed up. But he washes it off, and all of a sudden the guy can see. He's healed. Well, what happens is, obviously... He's a little bit excited. Like, walk around with no sight for like a week and see if you get excited when you get to see again. Like, like this dude could not see. He's blind, all of a sudden can see. Like, he's pumped up, right? Like, try to keep that a secret. And, and so people are like, wait, isn't this the beggar? Wasn't this the guy? Isn't, like, word is spreading. So some of the leaders begin to pull him aside and question him. They're like, hey, tell us about, tell us about what's going on over here, man. Like, like hey, hey, what did the guy say? He's like, I don't know. I don't know if any of you have like teenage boys when you ask them how their day was, that's what this guy sounds like. Uh-huh. Good. Thanks. Food. Like, that's kind of like, like he's like, hey, what did what did this guy say to you? I don't know. Well, who did it? I don't know who he was. Well, how did it happen? I'm not sure. I'm blind. I couldn't see. Like, I don't think he said that, but like, like they're like, what exactly took place? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Finally, kind of fed up with their questions. He said, Look, look, here's the deal. I don't know who it was. I don't know all the details. All I know is I was blind, and now I can see. When, when, when we go to share about what Jesus has done for us, we don't have to have all the questions answered. We don't have to have a, a theological degree and know everything like in the Greek and Hebrew and original languages. We don't have to. All we have to do is say, look, guys, I can't tell you everything, but I've seen Jesus. And I was blind, and now I can see. I was lost, and now I'm found. I was dead, and now I'm alive. That's all I know. So if you want to know about him, come and see him. Come and see this Jesus. That's like if you may be there and be like, why are we doing all this Christmas stuff? Because we want to provide such an opportunity for you to invite people to come and see Jesus. Do you know Christmas and Easter, people are more likely to come to church than any other time? Like they're more likely to say yes to come to church than any other time. The only thing holding them back, stats tell us that they'll say yes, but we have to ask. They're not going to say yes if nobody's asking. So, so why would we not, when we've experienced Jesus, when you've seen Jesus, some of you in here, you've seen Jesus transform your finances. You've seen Jesus transform your marriage. You've seen Jesus transform your kids. You've seen Jesus transform your life. Why would we not share that with the world? We have the hope of the world. The church, Jesus, is the answer for the world. Let's share that. Let's invite people to see Jesus. Going back to that original question, what is worship? Worship is simply surrender. When I come home, my kids will run up and put their hands up and reach up for me. And it's been a long day, so I'll smack them. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. I don't do that. I'm a good dad. So 
but I'll reach down. When my kids' hands come up to me, my heart goes down to them. When we come to Jesus, and you might be like, this whole church thing is new to me. I don't get this God thing. Here's simply put, with all your baggage, with all your past, with all your doubts, with all the mistakes, with everything you are, you come to Jesus and say, I don't have all the answers. I don't even understand all this thing, but God, I surrender to you. When we surrender to God, his heart is moved towards us. And so we begin to worship God simply for who he is, because he's God, because he saved us, because he's the king. When you see Jesus, everything changes. That's why we sing that song. And I love the words we're going to sing it again about, oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, it's simply declaring, God, you alone are worthy. You alone are on the throne. You are Emmanuel, God with us. How amazing is that? Every other religion, every other religion, you have to really work hard to to get to the top or to get whatever their eternity is. Whatever Zen, whatever freedom, uh, all these different things, like you have to work really, really hard and be really good and hopefully at the end of the day you did enough. Do you know Christianity is the only world religion where the the supreme deity, in our case, God, the Father, said there's a separation between my creation and me. And he didn't say they better work really hard to fill that gap. That's what other religions do. But Christianity, God, said there's no way they could fill that gap on their own. So I am going to be Emmanuel, God with them. I'm going to go to them. Christianity is the only one where the creator came to the created so that we could be saved. And it's nothing we did. It's all a gift from God. When you begin to see that, your natural response is worship. So as we begin to sing again, I challenge you to take this moment and say, God, I want to see you. I want to see Jesus. Not because I need to get out of a financial difficulty. Not because my relationships are bad. Not because of this, 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 all these other things. But I want to see Jesus simply for who you are, God. I worship you because you're God. I worship you because you're on the throne. I worship you because you alone are worthy. That's why we worship him. That's why we seek him. So I ask you to take an opportunity today, even if you don't understand, and say, God, I want to see you today. Would you join us as we close out?